cloud shadow deepen Unending day where night will never be A city where the storm clouds cannot gather Oh, this is just what heaven means to me what joy we'll see we get over yonder and join the throng around the crystal sea to see our loved ones and crown Christ forever oh this is just what heaven means to me place where there is no misunderstanding and from all enmity and strife we're free no unkind words to wound the heart are spoken now this is just what heaven means to me what joy it will be when we get over yonder and join the throng around the crystal sea to meet our loved ones and crown Christ forever oh this is just what heaven means to of Jesus before whose image other loves all flee and when they crown him Lord of Lords I'll be there oh this is just what heaven means to me what joy will be when we get over yonder and join the throng around the crystal sea to see our loved ones and crown Christ forever oh this is just what heaven means to to see our loved ones and crown Christ forever. Oh, this is just what heaven means to me. soldiers to the garden where he prayed 
Jesus was arrested by the ones he came to save. Swords and clubs and angry words were coming from all sides. Jesus only saw the broken hearts of his accusers that night. He was guilty of compassion for the lonely and the weak, guilty of forgiving and setting prisoners free, guilty of believing the highest price was not too much, but most of all, the sinless Lamb of God was guilty of love. Pilate said of Jesus, I find no fault in this man. Still the crowd said crucify and would not understand. Pilate washed his hands and then he set Barabbas free. Jesus was their only hope, but they were too hard-hearted to see. guilty of compassion for the lonely and the weak guilty of forgiving and setting prisoners free guilty of believing the highest price was not too much but most of all the sinless lamb of God guilty of Love that sees the best inside the worst of us. Love that did what no one would have done. He paid with his own blood. Oh, what love. He was guilty of compassion for the lonely and the weak. Guilty of forgiving and setting prisoners free guilty of believing the highest price was not too much but most of all the sinless lamb of god the holy spotless worthy lamb of god was guilty of love of love. Amen. Remain standing, grab your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Leviticus chapter 23. Leviticus chapter 23. Are y'all doing good this morning? It is good to be in the Lord's house. I want to ask y'all to do me a favor this morning. Now everybody look up here. I want y'all to do me a favor. We got a lot of folks in this place. We got a lot of people in and out. If y'all can, when we get to invitation, it's almost like the great exodus out the doors. 
If y'all can, please stay in here until we get done with invitation. Ladies that are preparing, I promise we will wait on y'all. Y'all do not have to leave service. We need to worship. Amen. Folks, we got plenty of time to eat. We got plenty of time to visit. We got plenty of time to fellowship. We'll have plenty of time to hunt later. We'll have plenty of time to get with family. I know your minds are saturated with the week's events, all of this. Folks, I'm going to be honest. I am starving to death to get in the presence of God. I could care less about a turkey or a ham. Folks, I don't want to be a robot. God has been so good to me and he has been so good to us. For us to come in this place like spiritual robots, bless me if you can, God. Well, let me tell you something, folks. He can. But it's going to start with us humbling ourselves, getting all the distractions out of our hearts and our minds. Folks, we need to get serious with the Lord. Because, folks, it's serious. He's coming back. There's no time to play or mess around. Folks, we need to worship today. He's worthy. Y'all believe he's worthy? Is he worthy? Amen. Has he been good? Amen. God's good, folks. Let's worship him this morning. Leviticus 23 and verse 1, The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them concerning the feast of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my feet. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of A holy convocation, Ye shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in your dwellings. These are the feast of the Lord, even holy convocations, which ye shall proclaim in their season. In the fourth day of the first month at even is the Lord's Passover. You may be seated. I want to speak to you this morning on holy convocations. Holy convocations. As we look in Leviticus chapter 23, we see that the Lord is mandating some things in the life of the nation of Israel. He is establishing some, uh, some feasts and some festivals that he desires for them to uh, recognize and celebrate on a yearly basis. Now, all of these were started when they came out of Egypt, when they got into the promised land, even when they were in the wilderness. God established this that they would do on a yearly basis. There were some things that they were to do. Now, if you will look at verse 1 and verse 2, it said, The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speaking to the children of Israel, saying of them concerning the feast of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my feet. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest, a holy convocation. And so the Lord separates their days out. And I want you to notice what he's doing here. He tells them that there are days to work. In fact, six days in the week, God mandates that man works. May I tell you that work is something that God told us to do. That is something that God has commanded us to get up and go to work. That's why he said, if a man don't work, don't let him eat. He said a man that don't get up and go to work is worse than an infidel. May I tell you that you must get up and go to work. He said, go to work. He said, there are days that are established 
for work. And then he said there are days that are established for rest. Now there are days that God wants you to get up and go to work, but there are days that he wants you to rest. May I tell you, this is not a suggestion. This is a command of God for us to rest. Isn't it amazing how much better we would be at our work if we rested? Isn't it amazing how much more efficient we would be in our life if we rested the way that God wanted us to? And then number three, he said there are days for gatherings or assembly. Now before you think this is a local New Testament church, it is not. This is the nation of Israel. And he told them these are days to work, there are days to rest, and then there are days to assemble. May I tell you, church, that for us there are days to work, there are days to rest, and there are days for us to assemble. There are times for us to come together. Now the reason that he wanted them to come together because he wanted them to remember and celebrate some great victories that God had won in their life. And so on these days, every single year, God wanted them to sanctify these days for these feasts so that, number one, they can remember what God had done for them. And number two, that they could celebrate the past victories and the power of God in their life. Folks, we work all the time. We rest all the time. But there are days that we must remember and celebrate the blessings that God has blessed us with. Amen. And he told the nation of Israel, I don't ever want you to forget what I have done for you. Folks, why do you think God has allowed us to have these holidays and these things that we celebrate? Because God does not want us to forget what he has done for us. He does not want us to stop celebrating the blessings of God. What about Thanksgiving? We thank God for what he's done for us. What about Easter? We recognize the fact that we serve a risen Savior. What about December 25th? That's not the day Jesus was born, but it's to celebrate the fact that he came and that he was born and that he did live among us. Folks, God did this not for him, but for us. Because he knew that we would move away from those blessings and those things that he had done in our life. And let me tell you something, folks. He did not want for Israel to forget what he had done for them. God had been good to Israel. And he said, I want you to be reminded. May I tell you, God's been good to us. And he wants us to be reminded. I want you to realize the first feast that he established is the feast of Passover. There in verse 5 he said in the 14th day of the first month at even is the Lord's Passover. The Passover was the first feast that would begin many feasts or celebrations for the nation of Israel. The feast of the Passover served as a day of remembrance. This day was to remind the nation of Israel of the Passover lamb. And the lives that were saved as the death angel came across all of those homes that night in Egypt and that were covered by the blood of the Lamb. You see, this Passover, they would be reminded of when they lived in that place of sin and how the death angel was coming to kill the firstborn of every home. But when the blood of the Lamb was shed and applied to the doorpost, 
How the, the Lord passed over them. And the death angel would not come into the house that was covered by the blood of the Lamb. And the Passover was the redemption, the redemptive story of them coming and God coming and getting them out of the place of Egypt and bringing them out. And God did not want them to forget where they come from and how he brought them out. He wanted them to remember that without him, they would never made it to the promised land. That without him, they would still be in sin. They would still be alienated. They would still be separated from God. But because of the blood of the Lamb, they have been delivered from Egyptian bondage. And folks, this was a day worth remembering. Because this was the day that God had saved them. That God had saved their lives and their souls and their families. And folks, I'm not talking about just mom and daddy. I'm talking about whole families rescued by the blood of the Lamb. And God said, I don't care how big you get, how fancy you get in your nation, I don't ever want you to forget the day that the blood of the Lamb was applied and you were rescued. And that I sent my angel to come and get you out of Egyptian bondage. Folks, that's a day worth remembering. Amen. And folks, I forgot a lot of days, but I hadn't forgot the day that I was separated, that I was alienated, that I was separated from the love of God. And as a 13-year-old boy, I humbled myself and asked the Lord to save my soul. And the blood of Jesus was applied to my heart that day. May I tell you, the death angel's coming. Death is coming to each and every single one of us. It doesn't matter if I die today. It doesn't matter if I live till I'm 50 years old. Folks, the blood has been applied. It doesn't matter when the death angel comes because I'm ready for it. Folks, the death angel can come today because the blood of Jesus has been applied. There's a lot of days I forgot. But I hadn't forgot the day that the blood was applied to my heart and soul. And may I tell you, we need to remember the death angel's coming. Life is not forever. Life is but vapor. It appeared just for a little time. May I tell you today, the death angel's coming. You're not living forever. We don't live in a Disney world. We don't live in a fairy tale. Folks, people die every single day. Jesus is coming again. The death angel is coming and everybody in this room will face and experience death. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for death. I'm ready for death. Folks, I'm not ready to die today. I've got three kids. Four is on his way. I want to see all this. I want to experience it all. But may I tell you that the blood has been applied to the doorpost. And if the death angel were to come today, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. And not only should we remember that day, but we should celebrate the fact that Jesus has set us free. And that he has set us free from the bondage of sin. That he has brought us from the place of Egypt. That he has brought us from all of that mess. Whew, aren't you glad you've been saved? Amen. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Folks, we don't need to go out there and get a, a little lamb. 
Because the Lamb of God has already been offered on our behalf. Folks, we don't need to sacrifice anymore. We don't need to go out there and raise these animals because the greatest sacrifice has already been given on our behalf. Jesus Christ went to the cross and died for us and bled for us. May I tell you, the nails were in his hands. The nails were in his feet. The crown of thorns upon his head. Are y'all with me this morning? Amen. Folks, this is real. This is something worth remembering. This is something worth celebrating. May I tell you that he alone is our Passover. And the only way that the death angel is going to be able to pass over me is because the blood of the Lamb has been applied. Not only has the feast of the Passover been uh, instituted, but also the feast of unleavened bread. There in Leviticus 23, verse 6 through 8, he outlines the feast of unleavened bread. And I'll just explain it to you a little bit, but this was a day of remembrance. And they were to be reminded that God had separated them separated them from a life of oppression, bondage, and wickedness. The Feast of Unleavened Bread is they would eat of this bread that did not have leaven in it. And the reason that they would do this is because leaven is a picture of sin. And throughout the Bible, it is a picture of sin. So in this feast or in this festival, they would celebrate the fact that sin had been removed from their life and that they had been brought from oppression, that they had been brought from bondage, that they had been brought from wickedness. May I tell you today, I don't have to sin anymore. Before I got saved, I didn't have much of a choice. But may I tell you that I don't have to live that way anymore. I don't have to live a life of confusion. I don't have to have chaos in my home. I can have peace. I can have joy. I could live like a child of God. I don't have to be an alcoholic. I don't have to be a drug addict. I don't have to be addicted to pornography. I don't have to be addicted to fornication. All of that stuff, you know why? Because when the blood was applied, we were saved. And he brought us out of that life of oppression and bondage. We don't have to live in bondage anymore. Because he has separated us from that old life. I don't have to live my life in a bar. I can live in a church house. I don't have to live addicted to pills. Because I got everything I need in the Holy Spirit of God. Y'all listening? Folks, God saved us and God has separated us. And the Feast of Unleavened Bread was to remind them how holy and pure that their life should be before God. On a daily basis, we should be reminded and celebrate the fact that God has brought us out of sin to live a brand new life. Whew, I'm glad I don't have to be who I used to be. Y'all don't want me to be the person anymore. I'm a brand new creature in Christ. Man, I've seen some of the roughest, toughest, Meanness, cussness, drinkiness, smokiness, folks fall down at the cross and humble themselves and Jesus get a hold of 
and save and clean and change. I'm talking about brand new days. Y'all not awake this morning. I'm talking about brand new daddies and brand new husbands. When the classes wouldn't work and the books wouldn't work, Jesus worked. When the 10 steps and 8 steps and 14 steps and 52 steps didn't work, that one step in trusting in Him delivered you and brought you out and gave you freedom that you've never had before. Something? That's something worth celebrating. That's something worth remembering. Now the third feast, the feast of first fruits, verse 9 through verse 14, we see this feast laid out and outlined. And may I just describe what this was? The feast of the first fruits was there at the beginning of barley harvest. And so this would be in the fall of the year that the harvest would come in. And when the first bit of harvest was ready, the master of the house would go out and he would get a sheaf. And this is the very beginning of what God had done and blessed him with. And he would simply go out and get him a handful. All right, we talked about this not long ago, but he would go out and get him, get him a handful, and this was called a sheaf. He would take it to the priest, and they would use it as a wave offering. This is called the first fruits. Now, God was blessing, but this was the very first thing that God had blessed them with, and instead of taking it for themselves, they would take it back to the Lord. Now, that's hard to do. When you're hungry and you're in need and you haven't had harvest all year long, the first crops that come in, you don't think about giving it to somebody else, but they would take it to the Lord. And they would say, here you go, God. And they would take it and they would wave it. And this was a sign of appreciation of what God had done for them. But as the first fruit feast, what this meant... Thank God for what you've done, but this is not enough to live on for the rest of the year. This is just the beginning of blessing. There's a lot more where this came from. Amen. And so the feast of the first fruits was to give back to God what he has done for us. Folks, God's been good to us. Amen. And we ought to bring him the first fruits. You say, preacher, but we're hungry. Preacher, we may not get any more. Every time they would bring that wave offering and that sheaf out of faith. And they said, God, here it is. And they trusted that there was more where that came from. That God had blessed and God had brought this crop in. But there was a whole lot more to come. Y'all listen. Stay with me. Look at me. All right. Feast of the first fruits is a picture of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Bible said that Jesus is the first fruit of the resurrection because he defeated death, hell, and the grave, and he lives forevermore. Amen. He became the first fruits of resurrection. Now, y'all hold on, I'm getting somewhere. Just as that master would get that sheaf and wave it. That was his first fruit, saying, God, there's more where this come from. Jesus was the chief of the resurrection. He was the first one to get up out of that grave and live forevermore. There were more before him. They live 
They died, they lived again, and they died again. But Jesus lived, he died, and he lives forevermore. And he became the first fruits. You know what that means? God has Jesus as a sheaf of the resurrection. That's just the beginning. There's more where that came from. May I tell you, Jesus got up, but he's not the last one that's going to get up. Y'all with me? Y'all not, I may have to preach that whole point all over again. God's been good. And he's blessed. And it's been awesome up to here. But I'm glad to know that he's not done blessing. And that he's not done working. And that he's not done saving souls. This is just the beginning of the blessings of God. There's more where that came from. Folks, we've been blessed here at Promised Land. Oh, about six of you. My gosh. We've been blessed here. There we go. We've had 65 additions in the last year. We've baptized 30 or 40 in the last year. God's been good, but it's just the beginning. There's more where that came from. He's not done. And the first fruits reminded them of what God has done, but it also reminded them of what He's doing. God's been good yesterday, but He's still good today. And He's going to be good tomorrow. The fourth feast was the Feast of Pentecost. Leviticus 23, 15 through 22, seven Sabbaths after the first fruits, they would have the day of Pentecost. And on the day of Pentecost, this was the end of harvest. This is when they had taken everything that God had done for them for the entire year, and then they celebrated the fact that God had been good, and what God had given them would sustain them for the rest of the year. And so the feast of the Pentecost would be our thanksgiving. It is a day of celebration of the fact that God had been good, but that his blessings had been so good that it would sustain us until the next year. And that's what these people recognize, that everything God had done for them, they would be able to live for that for the next year. Man. Whew. That God up to this point, if he don't bless tomorrow, God had done enough up to now that I can live off of for the next year. Let me tell you something, folks. If he don't ever answer another one of your prayers, if he don't ever do anything to bless you again, but you know he will, you still have enough right now of his blessings that you can go off of for the rest of your life. May I tell you, if God doesn't bless you anymore, all these blessings up till today would sustain you for all of eternity. If he don't answer another prayer, if he doesn't save another soul, if he doesn't pay another bill, if he doesn't heal another person, up to this point, God has been so good. Whoo, cathead. God has been so good that we could feast off all those things that God had done and sustain us for the coming years. God has been good. 
50 days from Passover to Pentecost. Jesus became our Passover. 50 days later, the Feast of Pentecost. Jesus ascended back to heaven. And he said, if I go, I'll send you a comforter. I'm glad he didn't leave us alone. Amen. The Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, as they were celebrating everything God had done, that it would be enough to last for all of eternity, the Holy Ghost of God came down and empowered the church, gave us the authority to work, Amen. gave us the power to work, but gave us what we needed to sustain us for all of eternity. The Feast of Pentecost is thank you, God, for what you've done. And what you've done is enough. On the day of Pentecost, he gave you the Holy Spirit. And may I tell you, that Holy Spirit is sustaining us and providing for us and guiding us and leading us. Man, child of God, you should never want for anything else. You should never desire for anything else because the Holy Spirit of God can fill you and sustain you. Folks, listen to me. God's been good. But he's given me his Holy Spirit. And there's enough God in me to give me everything that I'll ever need for all of eternity. Miss V, what a blessing. To know that in me, I got enough. That's how Paul said, I can be content. And I know how to live of the blessings of God. Now, one more feast we're going to cover. Leviticus 23, 26 through 32 is the Day of Atonement. Now, we talked about the Passover. This was the, the killing of the lamb. We talked about the unleavened bread. This was the separation. The first fruits is simply the first things God had done. Pentecost is the celebration of sufficiency, authority, and the power of God. And now we go to the Feast of Atonement. The Day of Atonement was the day that the priests would enter into the Holy of Holies. Once a year, there would be two lambs presented to the priest. One would be a lamb that was killed, and another would be a lamb that would be the scapegoat. There would be a dead lamb and there would be a living lamb. There must be a dead lamb, but there also must be a living lamb. And on this lamb, they would confess all of the sins of the people. The priests would get the blood of the lamb, and they would enter into the Holy of Holies, and they would sprinkle the blood upon the mercy seat. And this was the offering that the priests would bring on behalf of the sins of the nation. And the purpose of this was to restore fellowship between them and the Lord. Because their sins throughout the year had separated their fellowship between them and God. And the Day of Atonement was about restoration. It was about reconciliation. It was about getting the honey back in the honeymoon with the Lord. It was getting back in fellowship with God. I'm going to say that again. It was about getting the honey back in the honeymoon. 
It was about getting close to Jesus all over again. And child of God, there are times in our life that we get so far from Him because of the sin in our life that we need to go to Him on a daily basis. I'm glad the Day of Atonement ain't once a year because I need it every day. I need it every day. And every day we come before God and we say, here it is. What is it for? To restore the fellowship. To restore communion. Man, I want to be in one accord with y'all. I want to be, some of y'all I don't want to make mad. Y'all hard enough to get along with when you're happy, much less when you're mad. <laughs> Let me tell you something, folks. I love you. I, I want to stay in fellowship with you. But there ought not be anything more important to us than being in fellowship with Jesus. And if you're not in fellowship with Jesus, it ought to break you. If you're not in fellowship with him, it ought to convict you. It ought to push you to the altar than out the door. If it's been a long time since you got to the mercy seat and said, God, here's my sins. Folks, it's time to get there. Because God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Folks, that's worth remembering. That's worth celebrating. There's days to work. There's days to rest. And there's days to gather and remember and celebrate what God has done. Maybe you're here this morning you've never been saved. Let me just ask you like this. If you died today, where are you going to spend eternity? If the answer is, I don't know, I want to ask you to come up and let me talk to you. If the answer is hell, I want you to come up let me talk to you. If the answer is heaven, I want you to remember and I want you to celebrate. Amen. It's all right to shout. Amen. It's all right. Y'all shouted at the Razorbacks and they got beat yesterday. It's all right. We ought to rejoice in the blessings of the Lord. That God has brought us out of Egypt. That he made us a new creature. That he's given us Bless God all that we need. It's enough to sustain us. And bless God that we've been reconciled. Amen. That our fellowship can be restored and renewed. Would you stand this morning?